So uh, I have I have a question, a couple questions. What is one of the uh, most common stressors or things that you hear that most glassblowers kind of struggle with, as far as it's running maybe a business or being an artist or whatever? Oh fuck, dude, that's tough. <laughs> that is tough. Um, let me let me just. You can meditate around. on. Yeah, meditate yeah, yeah. On yeah. Let, ask it one more time. Just okay. So I know I have it in the brain. Okay. So I have all the artists you've yeah. interviewed. What's the most common thing you hear people like when you get to that point where people are like talking kind of like, man, you know, this is the tough thing I deal with as an artist or running a business. What's one of the most common things you hear across the board from glassblowers that we struggle with or? What you said a little bit ago. Really? Is the guy that, um, and I'm in that role right now. You literally are fucking trying to do it all. Yeah. And it's like. All by yourself. Oh yeah. This is episode 40, I think, right, Aja? 41, fuck, dude, see? Now I'm losing track of episodes. 41, and speaking of, what's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 41 of the podcast. Today is a very special episode. We have a guest today. We have Greg from Glass Chat, and Glass Chat's one of my favorite podcasts where they interview glassblowers and talk about, I mean, pretty much anything they want to talk about, but it's interviews with glassblowers in our industry, and we can talk more about that in a little bit. And also, Greg is the owner of 710 Tools. Is that yep, correct? that's it. Awesome, dude. And that's actually the tools, if you guys have seen in all my recent videos, pretty much in the last six months, I've been using these tools, and I've been loving them. So appreciate that. Yeah, man. And um, yeah, don't forget, guys, check out bmsglass.com if you're looking for any like merch as far as mood mats, sticker packs. We also have our sign-up for our newsletter on there. And uh, if you sign up for that, it'll tell you about upcoming drops, giveaways, podcast episodes, and much more. But yeah, dude, um, this wedding cake, it's like the profile on it. It's more of like this, like, when you smell it, it just smells like a really nice creamy OG. But when you smoke it, it has like layers of cinnamon, vanilla, and just like with like a nice, almost like pastry yeah. flavor. And it's mouth watering talking yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of my absolute favorites. I eat. I'm someone that if I find something I like, I just fucking stick with it. Yeah. I don't really get sick of it. I'm yeah. I'm a simple, simple guy when it comes to that kind of stuff. Or, you know, it, it just kind of, it works. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it really does. Like, I don't know. I'll just go back. When, to was, the, when was the first time you fucking uh, smoked weed, man? How uh, old were you? So, so honest fact, uh, let's see. We're going uh, end of sophomore year high school. So we'll say that was uh, 2001. Oh shit! I bought a bag of weed from a guy named Ben yeah. at my high school, and it came. Shout in, out to Ben. <laughs> yeah, it came in foil. <laughs> I opened it up, and ha- dude, I kid you not, like I was almost scared. Like yeah. I really didn't know what the fuck I was this getting is into. Drugs. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and it had. It, I opened it. It had seeds in it. It's. I'll be honest with you. It smelled like shit. So. Yeah. I gave it away. Yeah. I didn't consume it. You're I was like, like nah, I, I just nah. don't. Uh, this is not what I thought it was meant to be. Yeah. Uh, and then I think probably a couple of weeks, maybe in a month, went by, and uh, I went over to a buddy's uh, brother's apartment, and uh, I looked over and I was like, "What's that, man?" He's like, "That's a bong. You want to hit it?" And I was like, "Sure." So I fucking took one rip out of this three foot bong. Yeah. And we were having some beers. Yeah. Uh, but I really didn't feel nothing. I'm not gonna lie. Like I didn't feel nothing. And I even told Brian, my friend, I was like, "Dude, like we went over to your brother's house and I hit that. Like it didn't do anything." And he goes. Oh, we'll go back tonight. 
So we went back the next night. Same thing. I remember walking into his brother's kitchen just like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. I did weed. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, like, it, like, fact, and I know, like, people are out there, and maybe even you or you guys, uh, it just works yeah. for me. Like, uh, booze is fine, whatever, but, like, it always, just for me, it always ends up eating, just not feeling good. Oh, I'm more rational when I smoke weed. If I don't smoke weed, I really let my emotions get the best of me. My ego gets a little bit bigger when I don't smoke weed because I think what I want is more important. But when I smoke weed, I'm more conscious of other people's feelings. I'm more aware like what my actions do that affect other people, and I try to check myself constantly. It's why I try to keep smoking weed all day so that I'm constantly in that state of being aware of how I'm affecting the people around me because it's just as important as like, you obviously got to take care of yourself and love yourself. But like, I think it's also really important how you affect the people around you. Like, so weed makes me more conscious of that. Uh, there's a movie out. Oh, fuck. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but, uh, I think the dude's name is Bradley Cooper and he takes that blue pill. Yeah. Limitless. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, take this it for what is, you this will. This is your limitless pill. In some ways, yeah. yeah. In some ways, yeah. It's like uh, my brain is my brain is always going. Like yeah. I have a really hard time falling asleep. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I don't sleep long. That's just me. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I do, like not last night, but the night before, was the longest I've slept since I can honestly remember. Yeah. Like it was longer than eight hours. Yeah. And that for me is like, fuck yeah, dude. I dude, want to sleep. If I sleep, sleep, if I that sleep night, eight man. hours, I don't feel great i have to sleep like if i sleep a long time i gotta sleep exactly six but usually it's an, anywhere from like four to five but if i sleep more than six or seven hours i feel i wake up groggy it's weird it's like i feel you it's like too much for yeah me. i feel you and i'm the same way too like my my brain is going so fast so many ideas so many things i'm working on that when i smoke weed it slows me down a little bit yeah so that i can hone in on specific tasks that i need to get done yeah. in order to achieve what i'm trying to get because you can have tons of ideas, but if you don't know which path to follow, you might not be able to achieve any yeah. of them. So, or like you're talking about six things to do. If like me facing six things, if I take two drags, yep. it'll literally just put me in a state of mind of, okay, you got six things to do, homie. Yeah. Do this one and complete it. Yep. And then do this one where sometimes like it happens with, but sometimes like, you know, when I don't consume, it's like I'll literally find myself, I'll be four hands deep into five or six different things and I'm all scatterbrained and stressed. And all like of a sudden the week's it. gone by and you're like, I didn't get anything done, I have everything half done this week. I'm like, that's a yeah. problem. Yeah. Like That's kind yeah. of where I get stuck sometimes. Yeah. <coughs> Wait, so what, what are you actually getting into, dude? What'd you pack up? Uh, so this I got from a dispensary on the way back from Grand Junction onto this side of the mountain just because uh, over on the west side of the mountain, uh, well, let me let me rephrase that. When we were landed, I went to a dispensary in Idaho Springs, and I couldn't uh, I couldn't go in. Yeah. And so for me, you know, first time being in Colorado medical. with legal. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of like ah. Like, so then the when fuck? we were in Grand Junction, I hit asked some of them, and they're like, oh yeah, Palisades is like the only place around here you can get weed. It's like rack. Yeah. So that was the place I could walk into. And I'd been into other dispensaries, but they're in Vegas, yeah. not here. Um, so that was cool. You know, that was cool just to like go in. Yeah, for I, sure. I really did like that. Um, and I truthfully, I don't really want to go into the hype stores. Yeah, I really don't. I would rather, like, I've, I don't think I've ever been into any of the hype stores in Colorado. Uh, I just go to like the dispensaries that have the best like flower and stuff. Yeah. That's what I look for is just quality. It doesn't even need to be like the biggest or the best or what tells me the best. Like I just look for 
what I like and then I, the way it smokes in a joint. And if it's good, I just keep going back to the same place until it's not good. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, they've changed something on to the next thing. Well, like when you're, uh, uh, so for, I don't know if you know this, sir. Uh, let me ask you, did you listen to the most recent podcast or glass chat with no, Soup I have, Glass? No, I haven't heard the Soup Glass. What do you have? Okay. So uh, just for everybody out there listening yourself, uh, I'm officially like sitting in front of you. I'm no longer a shop owner. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm no longer a shop owner. Uh, January. Oh shit. I went to an, I went to a birthday party, uh, with a friend of mine in December and he was asking me, you know, just straight up honest questions like, man, how's the shop? How you, how's life? Yada, yada, yada. And I was being honest with him, you know, uh, being a shop owner that, you know, really f focuses on independent made art, like truthfully, very hard. Uh, you can make money. Let's be honest. You can make money, but the real thing is, is and I, I, I wish schools taught this, and I wish people knew this. But when you're a business owner, you know, on a small business level, uh, you get paid last. Or if you <coughs> let me let me even say this: if you want the business to fucking work, you don't get paid. You get paid last, and then, like you said, you don't get paid because you want it to keep going and growing and keep growing and keep growing. So you just shovel more money down the pipe. Uh, and yeah, man, uh, October of last year, it was, it was rough. There was a real long dry spell as far as sales go. Yeah. Numbers were way down. Yeah. Uh, like depressing, like yeah. fucking eating me alive. My, uh, my dad just retired last year. So my parents surprised the whole family to go to Disney world. Yeah. So we're in Disney world and I'm not lying. Like had a great time in Disney world, but it, there was half of me. That yeah. wasn't even there. Yeah, because you're stressed out about your business. No, literally fucking stressed out about payroll. Payroll, yeah. Oh, like okay, literally, yeah. like payroll, it yeah. was that fucking oh, yeah. line, like yeah. razor's edge, where it's like, man, those numbers when I look at them tonight, when we get back to the hotel, they got to be here, otherwise, yeah. like I'm gonna have to fucking call the bank, transfer funds over out of my personal, yeah, which yeah. is already shit. Yeah. At that time. At that time, yeah. And it was like, uh, so anyways, let's go a little bit forward. Um, so I met my friend in, you know, December and he goes, well, I'm going out of town. When I get back, uh, let's, let's have a chat. And so we did. And he goes, uh, what do you think about selling the shop? And I was like, man, I, I've never thought about that. I've, I've uh, like, if you were Kevin yeah. and sitting across from me, I'd be like, don't, I yeah. never thought about it. Yeah. Don't. It wasn't even an option. Yeah. It was like all or nothing. Just yeah. going for it. Uh, so he pitched me a deal, uh, to, you know, if I could sell the shop, he was going to give me an opportunity to uh, take some of my, I guess, my online value, like yeah. learning how to do, you know, e-commerce, yeah. learning how to do the social media stuff. He offered me a gig uh, to pay me a salary, which was, uh, you know, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, some some safety, some sort of like consistency. That's what I think. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And it was almost uh, not so much for me. It was, and I'm not going to lie. It was for me. But it, a lot of the influence had to be it was on my my family. Of always, dude. Everything yeah. I do, like yeah. it's. And that was real. That's real shit. But anyways, I was in Las Vegas in January, and I was there full head on as a shop owner. Like, I was telling some of my some of my homies out there, like, hey, this might be going down. Yeah. But don't know yet. But I was full on, yeah. still in shop mode. I uh, got back the day after Las Vegas ended. And I don't remember what that date was, but I will be flat on with you. February February twelfth. So COVID wasn't even really a big thing. Yeah, yet. yeah. We were still. Uh, it was just starting to get over here, hearing about it and stuff. Yeah. We. I had found a buyer. Mm -hmm. We agreed to a verbal deal. Yeah. And then that deal didn't 
the deal got signed like four days before March 1st. Okay. Uh, so effective March 1st of 2020, uh, my shop, which I started, which was known as KB Vapors, it's yep. now KB Culture Shop. Uh, that is, I guess you could say that I'm still a majority shareholder yeah. because it's a royalty payoff. For sure. Uh, but other than the owner calling and asking questions, like just for help, uh, no, I'm I'm no longer hustling awesome. glass on the daily. It's a really tough gig, especially, I mean, even from the glass blower's point of view, like it's, it's tough, man. It's like, there's all different formulas of success in this industry, whether it's like they say make 50 spoons and then apprentice this person and be in this shop for this many years. And, but I think nowadays, like we kind of have to build our own paths of success. We can't maybe follow the same model anymore just because it's tough, man. Like this industry, because it's art, it's like, if say the artist is like crushing, 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 and then life happens and then they get to this and they want to do this and travel. And then all of a sudden they haven't been on Instagram active for five months. Yeah. It's really weird in this industry, but I see if that happens that the consumers and the buyers, like it might lose value on the product that's on the shelves because that person's not active anymore. And then that can hurt the shop owners that have a bunch of glass from these people. If that person's not posting and talking to customers yeah. and cause it's, now and this this is one thing about internet nowadays it's a great thing to connect us all but because everything's so connected there's so many options nowadays and if people don't feel connected with certain brands it's hard for them to jump on board and like one thing i'm running into is like not having glass available and people getting frustrated yeah but and that's you're like, one man yeah well and i got my guys i got key masters hanging out this day and i got cormac and they're helping me with prep but like i would need help making physical yeah. pieces oh no, yeah man like to actually, cause like realistically it helps me cut corners when I have guys at prep, but like to get as far as getting like more pieces to the public, like it's not possible unless there's more hands physically making them. And um, I think that's something that'll eventually happen with like Cormac and Keymaster and anyone else that joins us. But it's like not anything I'm trying to rush either because I don't, I want to build a strong foundation for the future. Like I'm not trying to get rich quick. I'm trying to build something I can be proud of and something that has some stability for anyone involved. Yeah. And if we just try to like crank it out or do the easy path, I feel like it's going to be a flimsy tower with a weak base. And that's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So, so yeah, but like, that's one of the problems, like just like, you know, keeping people happy and like running into stuff like that, like not being able to produce enough glass. But yeah, as far as like being a shop owner, do I hear from a lot of shop owners? It's a tough gig and same thing with the glass blowers. This is just a hard industry. I'm really grateful that I'm busy right now, but I always tell people like, I'm never going to stop unless like I die or something. But even if I never stop being successful or having bursts of success, it's temporary. It's not forever. Okay. That's how I look at things. So yeah. I always tell people like, 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 man, you're crushing. I'm like, yeah, I am, I'm doing good right now, mm -hmm. but it's not forever. So remember like you yeah. might be the guy next year or whatever. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's I try this. to, yeah, I try it's to be aware. This. Yeah. And, it, and maybe it will be some people yeah. do, but like, I try not to have like, this thought that like, oh yeah, I'm doing good now. I'm going to be doing good forever. I'm like, no, I have this thought that I'm like, I'm grateful that I did good this week, but next week might be hard. Okay. Yeah. Like, because that's almost my upbringing. I listened to a Ted talk about like poor mentality and people that grew up with like, maybe not a lot of money and stuff and the way they look at money and the way they look at things, they don't like, when they make some money, they're like, this is all I got. Like they're like scared of losing it. They don't think that next week there's another check coming. Yeah. They think that this is all I have right now. Even if I work all week, that doesn't mean I'm gonna get paid. Yeah. 
Whereas like people that have had money and grew up with money, they have like this a longer, they can look farther out in the future of like the financial path. Like, oh, I know I get paid this, this and this and I invest here and it's, they know how to use it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, have, I have a poor mentality and I'm crushing and working hard and it's like, I don't know, it's like a weird, it's a weird trap I'm in. It, well, I go, and I'm just gonna rewind with what you said a little bit ago, uh, like with glass artists, you know, and in Instagram. Uh, it's a delicate dance, man. I, 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 uh, I think that I'm, I'm not a glass blower uh, by any means. Like I literally can say here and stand in like, dude, I haven't coil potted. Yeah. Like I, I haven't, I've been like standing over the shoulder of somebody watching some shit yeah. happen, but nothing major. Um, but man, being that middleman, uh, especially when you're trying to create, I guess, a gallery style and, and you can't yeah. buy from everybody. No. Uh, and you can, and then doing glass chat, it's like, there is a underlying relationship between you and I before I even showed up in your driveway yeah. today. Yeah, because we, uh, yep, we had a conversation and then, before. Yeah, and, and they're, they're intimate. Yeah, like some definitely. of them, some of them when you listen to them, yeah, uh, everybody's relationship and the way people socialize is different. Of course. Um, but, man, I really think that I just have a, I have a really nice understanding now sitting here in front of you of both sides of the industry and Man, it is such a delicate dance. I, yeah. It really is. Like, well, it, maintaining a social media following, posting, and then also, but being the middleman, like you're saying, it can be a real challenge because you have to like buy the right buys at the right time, that's it. and you have to move yeah. them in the right time. If yeah. they sit more than twelve days, uh oh, yeah. now it's stuck. Yeah, like it has to be like calculated, and the glass blower has to be willing to calculate with you as well, far as posting and like pushing people towards it. Like that was a big thing, like that my wife does is like when people email us, like we're directing people to the shops that have the glass, we're letting yep. them know the drop dates, we're letting them know what they're getting, we're even sometimes like someone would be like, man, I really want an orange piece. Like, okay, we're gonna send an orange one, try to get it. Okay. Like, you know, this is, people were like, when we sold out, like we've sold out some really big drops and like the one we did at Hedy Hawaii that was 93 pieces in seven minutes, that was all calculated. That was us working for months on pieces. That was Hedy Hawaii working for, over a month on like, just like getting it all on there and organizing it right, making sure the website can handle it. That's Cassie, my wife, communicating with all different customers saying, this is how it's happening, keeping everyone in the loop. Okay. So most of these glass blowers are doing it by themselves. Yeah, they are. These guys are shipping, they're customer service, they're the artists, they're doing yep. everything by themselves. It's impossible to have that level of communication with people to tell them what's happening, when it's happening, organization unless you're like doing speed or something and you're superhuman yeah to be able to do that you need help yeah so a lot of these guys and it's really tough to ask for help because a lot of these people have probably been taken advantage of anytime they've tried to get yeah. help it's a it's a really tough like you say it's a tough dance or what i don't know what was the phrase you said it's no a, yeah it's, it's a, a delicate dance. delicate dance yeah, yeah. Man, it really is it's, yeah it's it's hard so a lot of these people are doing these running their businesses by themselves i have help like me and my wife we started together from day one we bought our torches the same day we did everything together, side by side. She used to blow glass and then slowly she became full customer service because she saw that like we, we were slacking there. So she's like, I guess I have to get off the tour. But the added value, that bucket, or yeah. you could put them in buckets, you know, yeah. glass, customer service, yada, yada, yada. And they all lead to income and a successful business. Yeah, for she sure. She recognizes like, hey, that bucket's empty or it has very Absolutely, little yeah. water in it. We need to fix I need it. to go fill that fucking thing up. Absolutely. And so that way, you know, it can start to grow up. 100%, and yeah. that's that's one thing I think a lot of these guys, like they might see me like posting or selling out drops, and it's so much more than just like 
posting a lot on Instagram. Like that's part of it, but there's like so much of just like coordinating with customers and letting them know where shit is. Posting and gets you so far. It does, uh, it's harder now, obviously, because Instagram isn't what it was, you know, in 15, 16, it wasn't, it's not even the same as it was ask, in 18. I ask how much people they invest in the algorithm, how much money, Yeah. literally, how much money physically, because I do giveaways. I give away anywhere from 15 to $20,000 worth of glass a year that I could sell Yeah. and you know, do something to my house with, but I'm giving away because I'm like, I need to invest in this algorithm. I need to invest in this platform if I really want physical return from it. So let me then ask you this. So you say, so for your mind, yeah. uh, you doing a giveaway is you investing in the algorithm. Those are investments. Okay. Just, uh, just so I can understand that. Yeah. Can you kind of just go roll with that for a minute and explain that to me? Yeah. So for me, when I do a giveaway and I'm making a piece and like, I'm, I'm excited while I'm making the piece, I'll spend yeah. eight hours on, I'll spend a whole day on a piece and just have fun making it, even though I'm not going to get physically money. Uh -huh. But when I give it away, the way I do the giveaways too, is I don't ask people to do anything. Okay. You do not have to post my shit. Don't tell your friends. Don't tag anyone. Be okay. selfish. Just you enter it. I don't yeah. care. The, le the least, like the less you ask of people, the better yeah, result you yeah, get. Yeah, less conflict. So, yeah, less conflict, but also you get more people entering. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the path of least resistance. Yeah, All I gotta yeah. do is like and say dibs, okay, sweet, and I'm on with my day. I don't have to like post something and think about how it's gonna, how, what my mom's gonna think that I posted a pipe and my grandma follows me. No, I just said dibs on some fucking random post and I might win a pipe low key. Mm -hmm. um, so how it's an investment for me is when I give away a piece, I also, it's a write off. Um, yeah, I understand we, that. we cannot write off the retail value of the piece, but we can write off the uh, wholesale value of it. Yep. Um, time, supplies. Time and supplies, yep. whatever. We can write that off. So, and we write it off as an advertisement yep. write off. Get that. So we get a write off we do. That's one return. But then like the other physical returns, I, I get people looking at my shit. I don't need anyone to buy the shit. That's the thing. You don't, when you're doing these giveaways, it's not to make physically buy, like people buy stuff. You want people to just see it. It's like the Nike symbol. Even if you don't wear Nike, we all know what it is. Well, no, but going back to one post, which is for one giveaway and for fucking with the algorithm, yeah. you just need that one post, that one giveaway yeah. to get as much action as you can possibly That's get. It. And so you and I do eliminating them, I, I all do the them, bullshit. I do them a certain amount of times and it keeps my account pushing in the algorithm. I force it because Instagram doesn't like the pipe accounts. You okay. have to really like fucking... You have to like force your way through that door with yeah. like, with like no, I can power. See that. Like I can so, see like that. what I do is I do these like powerful giveaways. that will get seventeen thousand entries in ten hours, and then it's like, holy shit! Like seventeen thousand. I'm get more. I'll get more comments than a world star hip hop video. So where? Like, how did you? How you rationally in your brain? How did you figure that out? Yeah. Um, in two thousand sixteen, I went through a really tough time where like we weren't selling glass. Like, okay. So basically from 2013 to 2016, we were booked out for six to eight months in advance, just selling glass, selling glass. And all of a sudden 2016 hit, none of the shops wanted reorders. No one was reaching out. My posts were getting like 46 likes. Like it was just like really depressing. Like, and no one gave it, was caring. No one was smoking my glass. That was the first thing I noticed. I was like, I was like, well, no one's smoking my glass. Like when I see a car I like, it's because I'm seeing all these different people driving. I like the okay. way it looks. Yeah. If no one's smoking my glass, no one can fucking see how it looks. So what I did, I bought a lot of hash. Well, actually it was growing at that time. I had jars of hash. <laughs> so I had a lot of hash and I was like, I'm going to take dab videos all day on my glass. Okay. If no one's going to smoke it, I'll smoke okay, it yeah. and I'll post the videos. So I started doing that. And then I realized I was like, okay, so no one's buying my work. I was like, I need to just start giving it away. I was like, if they won't buy it, I need to just give it to them. Try it. It's like a salesman that gives no, you a I vacuum. He's like, just try it for a week. Yeah. I promise you'll love it. 
And then I started doing shit like that, started doing giveaways. All of a sudden my followers started going up and people started asking for glass because with the giveaway, everyone enters it. And if a certain percentage of people really liked the piece, say you have 10,000 people, or say you have 1,000 people enter, and then only 10 of them, like there was 10 in there, they're like, fuck, I really wanted to win that, I really liked that piece, it was perfect, I'd never seen these before. You just got 10 buyers. Even though you had to give away a piece, yeah. and 1,000 people looked at it, but only 10 wanted it, it's a slow grind, yeah, no, but you no, do no. that monthly yeah. and you keep yeah. grinding, you build it. Then you have hardcore collectors. Yeah. You get them more glass. They have multiple pieces. They tell their friends. It's a, it's a consistency thing. And if you're not willing to do that for years consistently, like you can look at my thing. I've been posting for seven, like six years, every single day, yeah. nonstop working. It's a consistency thing. Yeah. I look at like, if you're like, I said this on your podcast, cause it's one of the um, things that I think in my head, how I like, kind of rationalize it. If you look at a herd of animals running, you don't have to be the biggest, the strongest, as, as long as you have enough willpower to just keep running when yeah. everyone gets tired, just keep running. As long, yeah. If you're the last one, by the time you get to the end of the race, that's all that matters. You don't need to be the biggest, the yeah. strongest. You don't need to be the most talented artist. You just gotta be the craziest and the hardest working. So yeah, because well, so I you, would just, say- It's resilience, not lasting. It's yeah, a long game. you have to be game. agile. It's a long game. You have game. to be able to hit a, literally hit a brick wall. Yeah. And you know, it can take you a few days. It can take you honestly a few months to figure it out. Yeah. But you have to be able to understand <laughs> when you hit that brick wall, you can just, you know, backpedal. And sometimes a backpedal means you're gonna take a few L's. Oh dude, my backpedal was too, it was interesting. A lot of people are like, when I hit a wall and wasn't selling anything, I was like, I was like, I guess I gotta make something new and, and I was like making all this really complicated shit. And the problem was is I priced myself out of the market. I had a bunch of buyers, and then every year the glass got more and more expensive and more and more complicated. I was spending a week or two weeks per piece. Okay. And I was like, this is no way to pay your bills. It's fun to be an artist, but I don't want to be a starving artist, especially because I have a family. It's not fair to your family to be a starving artist. If you want to be a single person that's in your apartment and be a starving artist, cool, like live in that place. But if you have people that rely on you, that you feed, yeah. that's selfish and irresponsible to be yep. a starving artist. You need to make moves to take care of those people. Yeah. It's just what it is. Think about us as if we're cavemen. We're the man, we have to go outside and fight the monsters. Even yeah. if we don't want to, we have to. That's our purpose, that's what we are. That's real shit. Um, so yeah. it's what it is. And I always say nowadays, instead of throwing spears at the monsters, we throw paper at the bill collectors and those are the monsters. So that's what, it's just, we're doing, the, we're all just cavemen still doing the same fucking thing. But yeah. Um, for me, I stepped back and I was like, I can't make something new because it's gonna keep getting more complicated because I've gotten so techy with my work if I make something new, it's going to be still really technical. Is that when you started really putting a lot of detail in the drains and it actually yeah, that's, like plumbing? Yeah, like all the crazy really, like plumbing yeah. and like all the crazy yeah. seals and yeah. it was just wild shit and people were loving it, but they weren't buying it. Like people would like the posts. People would say, awesome, this is so crazy. You're so good at that. And, and yeah, that strokes the ego, but that doesn't fix the bank account. So like... Now let me interrupt politely. Yeah. So for the homies out there that might want that, you still make that? I make, yeah, I make crazy, okay. I make crazy yeah. shit still. Yeah. Now the crazy shit sells, no yeah, problem, but because I had to build that up. But Let I me ask you, I don't, just because I remember, do you have that fucking monster that you made around here? The Titans right there. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. snacks that fire extinguisher yeah. over there. Can we, can we just bring that over here? Just yeah, dude. I want to see that yeah. in daylight or in the I should grab I that wanna, for us. I just want to kind of smile at that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It's pretty fucking crazy holy shit too much coffee my wife gave me this tincture this morning that's supposed to help with focus and all it did was make me shake 
today or yeah. that day? No, today. Oh, okay. Like, she's okay. like, you're doing an interview with Greg. Like, here's this tincture. It's like rosemary and shit. I'm like, all right. And I did it. And I'm like, fuck. This was benched, too. It never went in a kiln. So uh, it, it's got some, like, imperfection, little stress cracks here and there. But um, I'm looking at finding a bigger kiln because we're, ex we're making our studio bigger. And I want to find a long, flat kiln so I can make giant pieces for people. I literally just cleaned that water a couple days ago and the three dabs I took on it to take a video just murked it out instantly. I'll pull on it if you want to see her spin some water, bro. In person. Oh yeah, I just like look. I he, mean, he uh, see, I think you can honestly like no bullshit. Uh, once you become like an independent art buyer yeah. and reseller, uh, it's interesting because you have people that don't give a fuck. Yeah. And if you respect your customer base, you have to kind of accommodate them. Dude. Uh, and then yeah. you have the guy that comes in and he wants, you know, the 150 range. And then you have to have a 300 range. And then the five to six range. And then if you feel like you can adventure higher than that, then you deal, you know, that 800,000. And then after, pretty much for me, it was like after 1,200, it pretty much was like, all right, fuck it. The guy's just going to throw a whole bunch of money. I, at it. I tell a lot of like, like people too, it's like, well, I tell like other glass blowers or like people I talk to about business stuff. I'm like, once you've made a piece that's $1,000, you've immediately eliminated a massive part of the market that would potentially buy your work. That's like, I make, I've made more clear ones than I've made colored ones. Like you don't, I feel like you don't see a lot of artists that are making clear production and then also doing like high end, like heady stuff because they only want to do the art stuff, but I'm willing to still wash the dishes and I'll make that fucking like five star meal yeah, too. Yeah, 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 Like yeah. I'm going to do both in the kitchen because it's important to me to make sure that all bases are covered because this stuff right here, my clear stuff, I love so much because it's like the one way that like, you know, not everyone can afford a five. Can yeah, dude, right. take stuff. Look, that's that's one of the newer clears um, that I just put together yesterday with the sandblasting and stuff. Playing around with it, but they're coming out really, 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 really clean now. I'm really stoked on them. Um, but yeah, like not everyone can afford a four or five, six hundred dollar piece. But if you can afford an Xbox, I always tell people you could save up for six months and afford a clear RBR, and you'll be able to experience so all the function. Retail. Retail, I, I, the new ones, I think they're around five, five to six hundred somewhere. But they come with the newer style bubble cap and everything, which they're, they're really nice bubble caps. They're all like lathe made and stuff. And the full colors are about what? How? How much? Um, they're about double. Okay. The price, but that's because we put a pound of color into it, and then like all the time, like really, like on a, from a business standpoint, the margins are much better on the clear than the color. The color we technically actually make would make more on a clear than we would a freaking colored piece because there's so much money and material and time paying people to like prep stuff and then the, the bare pulp on the side of them it's like all these different like things well and so i would say that and this is a this is a mini too this is like like this 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 think of this full color it's a it's a big beefy piece of oh glass. yeah dude. and i would say that uh and Take it for what you will, you will. I would say that you're a master craftsman. You're a master artisan. You, you can Pre do it. You're dialed in. Yeah, man. Uh, but you even have L's. Like, you'll even be yeah. over here. And oh, you'll break, lose it. I break stuff all day, bro. I, bro I broke stuff last night. And, but I it mean, can be fucking basically done. Well, I tell a lot of... This is where a lot of artists might maybe get a little hung up, too, is that I tell people, like, you have to be willing to work 16 hours a day and only get paid for eight. So when I go to work, okay. I only get paid for one shift. The other shift is to cover... Oh, something got stolen in the mail. Of course, I'm going to replace it for my customer and take that out. 
oh, something broke, someone dropped this, oh, you wanna replace this, oh, a big opportunity came up, you need to send a piece to this person. So I make sure that I work, you know, eight, 10, 12, 16 hours a day because I'm only gonna get paid for half of the day I work. The other half's gonna go towards some bullshit. You're gonna, that's gonna be a loss. It's gonna be a loss, every day is a loss. Every day you take half the day is a loss and if you have that mentality to work like that, you'll have enough money where if shit goes sideways, you have to refund a customer, you have to take time to remake a broken piece. You can keep everyone happy while still having your bills paid, but you gotta work and not sleep. And a lot of people like, they like going out, they like playing video games or they like being human, which is way healthier. I tell people, yeah. don't do what I do. Yeah. Don't do what I do. Yeah. It's not smart. There's way easier ways well, to me, make a living. Let me politely interrupt you. Uh, and minus the homies in here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, to all the friends on Instagram, all the friends that support him. Um, but like on the real dude, how many fucking people outside of glass, like, I mean, no glass, take glass out of the topic. How many people outside of your home do you fucking talk to? No one. Exactly. Exactly. You have, uh, it, uh, where you are and where I guess in some cases I am, but just in a whole different space is, yeah, dude, like real, like real shit. Like one, me, my one friend that literally recently, uh, because my life has changed yeah. like the last year, uh, like, uh, one friend and that's just because he's I think you know wanting me to get back into working out you know because I used to be a huge massive workout yeah. guy um, but in the same boat everything else topic wise is either for the family or for work oh bro that's I'm, it I'm, if you were able to get inside my brain you would literally see a guy in a loincloth with a spear just going through a jungle just just finding <laughs> firefighting just fighting yeah. and finding shit for his material yeah. or for his family finding materials killing animals you're always problem solving no that's I am just on a, I am primal because dude, years ago, you know, we all have our shit. Everyone has like mm-hmm. trauma and things they've yeah. gone through. And just years ago, like I just kind of like shut the doors of the fucking Wonka factory. And I was like, I don't want to talk to no one. I'm just going to work. I, my purpose on earth is to protect and take care of my wife. And then okay. anything that is involved with her, like the babies that we make and stuff like that's it. That's it. That's my only purpose. Like if I get to make art while I'm doing that, amazing. But my one purpose is to keep walking forward, no matter how tired and sore I am. You just keep walking yeah. until you don't anymore. And well, then it's one, over. I want to ask you this, because I've been following you for a while. Uh, and I just mentioned working out. One thing, this is I was actually thinking about this, and I did want to ask you. Do you uh, fight anymore? Because I know you used to be big into fighting. No, and I, I did, I did jujitsu. Oh, my God, I can't even talk, bro. I did jujitsu for yeah. a little bit. Um, and I did boxing for, uh, for a bit. I've done all sorts of different stuff. But... More of the reason I was doing that jujitsu thing, this was when I was working, like, this was disgusting what I was doing and what I was oh, trying to do. Oh, I know, I do. could see. So <laughs> what I was doing was I was, the only reason I did jujitsu was like this like self like abuse thing. I was like, I want to see what I can handle, but I want to get something out of it. Okay. So I was working seven days a week to three, four in the morning. Then I'd wake up at six and I would do two hours jujitsu and then get back to work. So I was only like sleeping like three hours a night and then training every morning. And then the guy I was doing jujitsu with, now he's a glass blower. Actually, the guy that was the, running the school, okay. I taught him a couple of things. He bought a torch. Now he blows glass in his garage all day, and he's like, a, like almost a black belt. Like he's a no monster. Shit. It's so crazy. The people, like, yeah. I've, and the guy that built my fence around my house, okay, he now is a f- blowing glass full time in his garage. Like I'm, cool. I'm converting other hardworking yeah. fanatics like myself that are good in other fields to blow glass. So these are probably monsters you'll see in the future, but. Um, but yeah, he was like watching me and he was just basically like, he's like, dude, like 
he's like, if you're going to come here, you have to sleep. He's like, this isn't like, you're not oh, even he here. Like, you. this is like, you're like, and I was doing hot, I was doing 90 minute hot yogas too, while I was doing all that and not sleeping. I was like, I was just trying to see like what my fat ass could handle. I was like, I was like, it was just this really weird place I was in. It was before my daughter got here. And like, it was almost trying to see what I'm capable of. Am I, am I capable of being a dad? Am I capable of taking care of a family? Like what hell can I go through and what can my body withstand? Yeah. I needed to know what I was capable of. So if, when the shit, like if shit hit the van, like if my family was like, we need money, everything's falling apart. I needed to know that I'm capable of not sleeping for three or four days and creating things and just working like an animal Yeah. and just, I needed to know what I was capable of. Yeah. And it was also like a little bit of like, I was just like in this weird place, you know? growing up it's weird bro no it actually makes uh i relate a lot to it uh because you i don't know there are there you know there, there's a race out there that's called an iron man yeah for uh, sure and it's quite popular now it really is uh but you know not to and not taking anything away from anybody who's just wanted to finish one but like you know your physical performance is different than mine yeah. you know so you're going to execute that differently than i might and you're, you know, at your age where you're at, if you went to go train for an Ironman at like peak level, you know, with top equipment and all that stuff, your, your performance is still going to be different than mine, just yep. based on physical stature. Absolutely. And you're not like a, you're an all day, everyday professional athlete. Yeah. But I mean, that's what I did. I mean, I literally, uh, I was a paid triathlete. You did, you did Ironman? Yeah, I've done two full Ironmans. Holy uh, fuck, I've been hit by three cars on a, my bicycle. Uh, Bro, get a car. Stop the <laughs> <fucking> bike. Uh, <laughs> but that's the same, almost the same place. Yeah. Because you, you know, you're training 400. It's a dark place. 400 it's, miles it's a week, like, though. Yeah. You know, so you're like, people are like, how long does that take you? And it's like, no, dude, you're literally fucking isolated to your own thoughts. Or if you choose to music, the first Iron Man I did, I never trained with music ever. Yeah. Everything was in my own head. So. My head's a weird space as well because Dude, I can, like, can you be alone that long in that space and can it be healthy? Yeah, I wonder <laughs> that too. But what I wonder too is like when you're alone that long, if you're someone that's constantly watching like TED Talks podcasts and now you're getting so much information, then you start analyzing yourself and everything yeah. you're doing. The problem with being alone too long and too focused and in your own head is you start to poke holes in everything around you and overanalyze everything and yeah, that can be can. A, and that can be a slippery slope yeah you can you know what i mean so and then the weed doesn't help with some people i know friends that now don't smoke anymore because of anxiety yeah they have, they have issues because when they're just sitting there thinking they just go down that slippery slope yeah um but yeah being alone that long i don't think it's good for anyone i think humans are um we're a community creature we're supposed to be together and I'll tell you why that's one thing I'm probably so on Instagram and so addicted to it because that's my window into feeling like I'm having human connection. If that, social. If, if that it's makes social, sense. Yeah. Because I'm stuck in this garage working. Well, I want to be here though. I want to just, when I was a kid, I used to do the same thing. I would just be in my parents' basement all day painting models, like just by myself for hours. Like, yeah. just, and my dad, like, he's just so focused down there. He just, just paints, just doesn't yeah. stop. So I've always had this really weird personality where I just like get lost in my work. And like, I'm just thinking about life philosophy and while I'm creating and, you know, this is my closest reality to creating something that will last forever. And this is people could find my work in 3000 years and dig it up. And this is how I find immortality through, you know, yeah. creations that I've thought in my head and then manifested into reality. Um, when, when you, uh, me more now than ever, uh, because, you know, I am, uh, you know, I have a brand, uh, you know, and I'm not 
I'm not really selling somebody else's work anymore. I'm selling something that, you know, I did, you know, I contacted these people. I facilitated this. I, you know, recommended this. Feels and we good, doesn't it? I, man, I will, any glass artist out there or anybody that's ever made anything that, that they really had passion for, that they, you know, you can't just go, you know, slap some shit on something and sell no. it, but like, if you really thought well, you it can, out, but that doesn't last the test of time. No, but you really didn't think it out that much. Yeah. No, but if you really thought it out and you really had all of you in it and yes, and somebody was willing to buy it. Yeah. Man, that is a feeling that is, I tell people, I wish they could put it in a pill form so everyone could feel that making something and then having people like buy it, especially like making something with your hands and like having people like want it and buy it and like feeling like it's a very primal thing. I, I, I like I'd say, I like, I feel like I run on a primal level and I get it for me. The one of the most primal things for humans, what we want, we just want the tribe to accept us and feel, and feel appreciated. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, man. In our little tribe, that's all we want. Hey, we love you because you make the best bread. Yeah. Hey, you're great at hunting. Awesome. We love you. But if you're not appreciated and loved, that's where sadness, anger brews and it creates, you know, resentment and hatred. And, and like, yeah. and that's one issue with like, you know, sometimes like our country, this is a whole different thing, but our country's yeah. so big now that like, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that don't feel appreciated, loved. They don't, they weren't picked to get on the dodgeball team. They don't feel like they're part of anything. Yeah. And that's a problem. You know, people need to feel more part of something but yeah dude well and you you saying that and this is real like what you you were saying that in my head is even even nonverbal. you know we're most of us are wearing masks you know uh, evan and i are you know we're about six feet apart maybe a little closer that's okay uh but you know out out my in, doctor came through the covid test <laughs> right before this uh out in you know out in the wild uh we were wearing masks but man like even human contact you know Simply just giving somebody nucks oh, or yeah, dude. even like a fucking hug as goofy as that may sound, but like a fucking hug, just human contact. We don't even have to say anything. It's primal, dude. Oh, dude, we it's need so it. ingrained in us. And the fact That's that <laughs> where we are, like with shit right now, it's, uh, it's weird, you know, and I traveled from St. Louis to, to basically do a sales run out here for 710 tools throughout yeah. the whole state. And, uh, I've been safe. I've been smart. Uh, everybody in the state of Colorado, everybody on the flights, airlines and stuff. <coughs> man, if you're fucking just smart, yeah, we can all get along and we can all just, we can. Dude, I see a lot, I see a lot of people being um, really cautious about it. But yeah, the one thing I miss is that all the like, there's micro like expressions that we're missing with not seeing our faces. Oh yeah, dude. And like, but you know what? If we have to do this for a couple years, whatever, to make sure everybody's safe, I don't give a fuck. It's what it is. Um, and I say that because it's easier for me because I don't leave my garage. Yeah, I know. I was like, I feel, you don't ever walk I, yeah, out there. I feel bad for anyone that has to wear them all day where God, it must be a challenge. So, I honestly, yeah. So that's you... why I try not to give my opinion because I am, I've worked very hard to create this little bubble I live in that it's like safe. It's, it's how your I utopia. Want it to be. Yeah. And that's, that's why I don't communicate with a lot of like, I don't have a lot of friends anymore or anything just because maybe I just didn't have the right friends at the time. Just a lot of people would just. I, I think that I'm not a good friend. I think that's the issue is because like, I can't have friendships anymore right now at this point in my life because I can't put the time into being a good friend. 
I can't when so, if someone needed to call me and come and talk. I, w- I have I have a kid, dude. I got this. I can't yeah. be a good friend. No, no, that's real so, shit. Like, so for me, I just try to avoid it. And it's like really weird. Like I shut people out because I'm like, if I can't be a good friend to you, I don't want to get your hopes up. But it's not on purpose at all. No, it's yeah. because of my circumstances yeah. of life. No, I like, got it. I got it. Like I'm not just taking care of my household. Like we all have our shit we're dealing with. But like tough year, you know, I'm taking care of other family members too. Yep. So it's just what it is. So I got to work like an animal. Got to do my thing. But, um, and I have to be really responsible with my time because when I first moved to Colorado, one thing that happened to me was, is I first got here, I met so many people, so many people already knew me from Instagram, they want to hang out, they want to sesh, I'm session with everyone, having a great time, and all of a sudden after six months, I'm like, I don't have any money. I'm, we might not be, we might, how are we going to pay our bills this month? Yeah. Because I was spending so much time just having fun and hanging out with people and trying to make friendships that... It just fucked me up and my family's lives up. And then at the end of it, I'm like, I don't even talk to any of these people anymore. I'm like, I'm like, the real friends will come into my life the way they're supposed to come into my life. I can't force this shit. I was like, I have a older brother, but he's like um, a half brother and he's a lot older than me. He's like in his 40s. So growing up, he wasn't in the house with me. So I grew up like an only child out in the middle of nowhere in like dairy farm areas yeah. around Bear Mountain, upstate New York. And so for me, I always was, I always wanted, I would even ask my parents, I'm like, can you guys have a fucking baby or something? Like I need like a sibling. I need a friend. I need someone to fucking hang out with. Yeah. So instead I would just go in my basement and paint models for hours and just obsess over like creating things. And then you picked up skating. Oh yeah. I got super obsessed with that. Like that was my whole life. Like I was at Woodward skate camp every summer for like four summers and I was sponsored. I was like, it was my whole life. Even when I lived in New York City, skateboarding was my whole life there. Like I just, every day I like worked for Element. I would just skate every day, smoke blunts under the Manhattan Bridge, skate LES, pro skaters every day, hanging out with pro skaters. You'd be on the subway, you look across, there's a pro skater just sitting there, going to the same spot as you. We're going together. Like, yeah. it's fucking crazy. But yeah, skateboarding, I was obsessed with that. And then um, I moved back home from New York City and, uh, I like in New York City I tried really good weed for the first time when I was skateboarding with people. This is literally kinda how I got really, really into weed. And the weed was so fire and then I had to move back home because my wife was done with college and we couldn't afford our apartment anymore in Brooklyn because it was just too expensive. Um, so we moved back to upstate New York and I couldn't find good weed and like all my friends I had I'd been gone, like everyone moved on to other things, like I didn't know anyone. So I got really into like YouTube, watching like YouTube cannabis videos okay. and stuff and just smoking weed in my office and watching YouTube videos. And that's kind of how I got obsessed with like the whole weed industry. And then I was like, oh, there's like a community that I could get into. And I was like still that like little kid, like looking for like yeah. friends or companionship. And, um, and I loved like just like how I felt when I smoked weed and all these things. And I just got really into it. And like it just kind of progressed into glass and then now I find that I've grinded so hard to like, cause my, my drive was to find like, you know, people to find a place to feel accepted. Now it's like, I think I found it, but it's through a social media platform. So it's somewhat artificial. It's like they could delete my account and then that's done. And like, well, let me, and like so then let me politely just ask you if it goes away, you don't think you'd still feel accepted? Yeah. It's weird, dude. I don't know. Or I wouldn't have that like tool that I can like, hmm plug into him like okay like i'm accepted somewhere. well so for me to you how i view you in this industry and how i view your art in this industry uh i think that you should get that thought out of your head because i think if your ig went away oh i think that you would be i don't i think you're accepted as like a, yeah yeah no i don't think you should well feel that we all way. have our weird things, no yeah though, no man know, i like was trying to tell you like like pat you on yeah, the back yeah, for dude sure. uh no i was I just re- trying to give you some of the psychology behind <laughs> the, the grind yeah and the craziness of working like 
but that that's you yeah and i think that you and i have that common ground and i think that uh, uh yeah it's just that it's really that simple is i think that's something that you and i have in common and you know whether don't even talk about money yeah let's dude. just leave that off the table oh, let's I, just I, tell, I tell people that like i don't work this hard for, for for money this is like a weird obsession too like money happens yeah you could be picking up dog shit for 18 hours a day and you're gonna make some money yeah it doesn't matter if you're doing anything that hard and non-stop and that relentless yeah. it's gonna happen yeah but it's more of this really weird like because money if if it was just for money i don't think i'd work so late I think I would like stop working earlier and then go play video games or something. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I feel I, part of my thing is like, I have, I feel a need that I have to post something dope every day. So like I'll stay up extra late to make sure I have something cool to post. So like it motivates me every day to post. Whereas I see other glass boards may only post a couple times a month. Yeah. And that's dope. They're more, they're, they're following more of that like formula of the artist. I'm going to have less posts. It's just refined, beautiful photos, my art. And that's awesome. People love looking at art. Yeah. But is that enough to pay your bills? Just people looking. I know it's all selling. Yeah. But we need to look at big picture things. Like when you're taking care of a family, you're like scaling. This is all like really business shit. So it's kind of boring. But I don't know. It's the stuff I think about because I can't. I'm so terrified that of having my daughter and my wife look at me and even like me failing them. Like not being able to pay for something. Like I just, I'll fucking die. No, I feel that. Like I no, can't I do that. it. So I'm terrified of that. So I just, this half my grind is fear. I tell people but like, you're watching someone that's terrified running from a, a fucking monster and they're just, just picking up things and just running as hard as they can because yeah. they're terrified. Yeah. Like that's what you're, you're witnessing. If you look at my Instagram, you just see a scared person working their ass off. They're just trying to make sure they don't fail their family and they're letting you all watch it happen. Like it's, <laughs> I can relate to that. So yeah. I really can. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And now we make a podcast where are we at 55, 45. We're crushing, dude. We're killing it. I got to know. Um, well, so are the, you guys do these, are they like these set timed or do you guys uh, just we let don't these have, go? We, we, we let them go for a little bit, but like we try to keep it. We try to make sure we do at least an hour. Okay. Yeah. It's important. Um, if it's really good, we just let them roll though. But Tight. for the most part, we just try to stay around an hour or cool. so, a little over. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to know, since you've talked to so many glass blowers, you said you've done over nine or about 90 episodes uh, now. So the one that, uh, so, uh, yeah, for the sake of where we are right now today, uh, episode 91 is up with soup glass, uh, Bob and Tom, two brothers, uh, out of New Jersey. And if I fuck that up, sorry guys. So uh, I have, I have a question, a couple questions. What is one of the, uh, most common stressors or things that you hear that most glass blowers kind of struggle with as far as it's gla- running maybe a business or being an artist or whatever oh fuck dude that's tough <laughs> that is tough um let me let me just you can meditate around. on yeah meditate yeah, yeah. On like, ask it one more time just okay so i know i have it in the brain okay so I have all the artists you've yeah. interviewed. What's the most common thing you hear people like when you get to that point where people are like talking kind of like, man, you know, this is the tough thing I deal with as an artist or running a business. What's one of the most common things you hear across the board from glass blowers that we struggle with or what you said a little bit ago really is the guy that, um, and I'm in that role right now. You literally are fucking trying to do it all. Yeah. And it's like, all by yourself. Oh yeah. And at first, at first, that's real shit. At first, you know, um, and I, I think this is for, you know, anybody that's finding, you know, success, you know, where you, you do a sale and then there's not really a break. There's a sale and then, you know, you, you got to win. Yeah. And then, oh, no, I got another sale. Oh, yeah. Well, then by the third time, like that third win, 
and then you're, you're still running high. Like you yeah. still feel great, but then that's where like, okay, I got to start working now. And that's where like the friends start getting shoved away. Yeah. It's like, if you really want this to work, all right. Well then, like, so I talked to uh, a guy recently. You have to make tough choices, basically. Yeah, well, I talked to a guy recently, uh, Zooted Glass, um, and he brought in Loudon Glass to help him, you know, just like you need. You need, yeah. a hel- you need a help. And he was lucky enough that he could find somebody in the studio he's at to help him. But it's like, yeah, dude, I can't fucking do it all. Yeah. And then talking about DMs, uh, for anybody out there that is not necessarily a glass artist, but that's a customer, I guess, it's real shit when a glass artist says like, hey, I'm sorry I can't reply to all you guys. Or uh, like, cause dude, if you want to represent yourself the way I feel like you represent yourself and how I represent me in the DM is like, no, you want to be honest with them. You want to be personable. You want to have a friend, like a relationship. You don't want to just them. say yes, yeah. no, because that's more insulting. I'm the same way. I realized I couldn't give a quality response to the thousands of people that were messaging me. And I was like, you know what? I can't respond to anyone then because, yeah. because I cannot give a quality yeah, response dude. that reflects the way, because I do care and I appreciate everyone. But if I just say yes or no, that all to, that opens up a conversation now. Now we have to go back and forth. Yeah. And if I'm short with you about everything, you're like, fuck this guy, he's got yeah. an ego. If I don't it's look tough. at any DM and if I have a message that says no DMs, at least if you get mad, then hey, I'm sorry, yeah. but you can email me. What the email does is a filter that eliminates a majority of people that maybe are just like, no, kind of just no, it's not right. really that no, it's interested. Right. It's right. But at the same time, if, if I was a business that had like tons of product and on shelves and warehouses, I'd want every customer to be able to get through immediately. Yeah. So that you don't lose any sale. But like right now, those are some of our filters that, you know, eliminate not serious buyers is being like, you have to email us. Yeah. And it's, it sucks we have to be like that. But for me to actually get the glass out to people and it's already not enough, like I can't do anything but blow glass. Yeah. So I'd say that is, is, it's a one-man band. Managing your business by oh, yourself. Yeah, and uh, and then you talked about, uh, you know how, if that's really what you want to do, and all you want to do is blow glass and be the best best glass blower, best glass artist, and put out the best product or idea or innovation that and you that's got. That's your identity, then. Yeah, it's uh, that takes a lot of fucking time. Yeah, that's a starving artist's life because there's guys that make the sickest. They'll make fifty, sixty thousand dollar pieces that people don't realize. They'll be like, oh, that dude sold an eighty thousand dollar piece. That doesn't mean that that dude's like rich or has eighty thousand dollars. Like the, the the money and the time people spend on stuff, it's like they break even a lot of these people. And it's like, yeah, like they'll have some money for a little bit, but then it's gone. Like there's no consistency. So, uh, it, well, I won't really ask you, but I'll just basically make the statement that, you know, I've I've been in the industry, you know, as a shop owner since uh, September one of fifteen. That's not forever, but it's long enough to yeah. where it's like, okay, yeah, that dude's probably got a PhD in the in the program, yeah, uh, living it every day, and man, let's just be honest, it you, you're not probably going to be a millionaire being a glass artist. I don't know about that. No, no, I mean it's, it's just going to be it, you. You have to work hard. You as are clock. going to. Okay, be here's what it is. Hard. I, I, I mean, don't think you're going to be a millionaire from the products you're making with your hands. Yes. I think the products you make with your hands are a stepping stone to other things that make you more money. Yes. Um, Because you're not one dimensional. No, no. See, with me, I was like, I'm already working all day. How can I add more value to my time? Film it. That's all I can do because I can't make an eighth day of the week and I can't clone myself. So if I want to add more value to my time, let's just film it. So I do Twitch. I just stream Twitch all the time. Yeah. 
I just do anything. Now, you, what is that? So, because I really, I mean, I th Twitch just, pays me a very small amount of money, like maybe like 100, 200 bucks a month. It's nothing. But, it maybe but no, but so is that and uh, somebody watching you that's putting oh, Twitch? Like, yeah, is that like somebody tipping you? Are you getting ad uh, revenue? So, uh, it's ad revenue. Some people tip. It's mostly ad revenue, though. Um, but my Twitch channel is really small. And, uh, but the reason I'm doing all of it is because when I started glass blowing, my channel, my Instagram was really small. When I started my podcast, it's still really small. But like, I don't look at things. I'm not trying to find a physical return and I'm not trying to get rich overnight. And I'm not even really trying to get rich. What I'm trying to do is build something that's a legacy I can be proud of and something that when my daughter's 10 in eight years and she wants rollerblades, I can fucking get them for yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. I don't want her to be like, man, honey, Eight years ago, your dad was killing it. Fuck, man, everyone wanted my shit. Like, but now I suck. Yeah. So, yeah. sorry, honey, we can't get rollerblades yeah. this year. <laughs> like, that's what I fear. I fear that I won't be able to support and just be able to just take care of them. So, like, yeah, bro, like, I don't even know what my point is. I always get lost. It always goes back to family with me, dude. I don't mean to. I'm very repetitive about that shit, but it's it's kind of how my mind's wired because that's all I do. Just work and think about why I'm working. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. It's an obsession. All right, so here's another one. What's one of the like most common, um, like when you interview these glass blowers, what's a big thing a lot of them are like excited about? Do you hear like a common collab that everyone wants to collab with, like a person, like the most common name, or like because like we ask kind of like a like a somber thing, like what's the most stressful thing? Now I kind of want to do a positive thing, like what's something like across the board from a lot of glass blowers that they found in the industry, maybe they love that changed their life or anything like that that like is some sort of positive or even a recent one you heard from someone that was kind of something positive they got out from it honestly like you asked that question and what comes to mind right off the top of my head is i would say 99 percent of them if if you know give or take you know it's the community yeah no it literally and then it's that's and that's it for me even. yeah just being part of that yeah uh you had said you know you wanted to be a part of a, a group of people that you felt accepted in and uh, when you grow up, you know, when you're smoking weed and it's illegal and you're, you're not necessarily hiding it, but, you know, you have to be kind of on your toes yep. about it because oh, yeah, nobody wants to get even written I used up for to sit a in citation. Lots for hours. But nobody, just, <laughs> nobody wants a ticket. Nobody wants to be yeah. harassed. Like, okay, yeah, man, I'm smoking weed. Fuck you. Like, is it bothering you? No. Okay. If, uh, and if somebody said, like, hey, can you, like, take that over there? Yeah. I'd probably be more than happy to, you yeah. know. Uh, but I think it's that is. It's a feeling of acceptance because yep. we're all for sure. No, but we're all fucking weird. Yeah, we all sure. have our fucking quirks. Let's just be honest. I yeah. mean, I have plenty of quirks. Well, people that are trying to be too perfect kind of scare me. That's why I don't like a lot about like people you see on the news and stuff is they're all like trying to like be so perfect. You can tell they're so nervous about looking ugly or this or that. And I'm like, just fucking be yourself. And that's going to be way more attractive and people will relate to way more. If you look like shit that day is what it is. <laughs> Is yeah. what it is. Because you'd walk out. into Walgreens yeah. or QT or whatever, whatever. you do, do that. You wore the wrong sweater. You look frumpy. Is what it is. <laughs> like, deal with it. Like, it's life. Like, we, like, anyone that's trying to be perfect, like, you know, like, that's trauma too, though. Everyone's got it, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Life's wild. Dude, yeah. Like, so how did you, like, get so interested in glass? Was it literally just smoking a bong for the first time at, with, at, with that friend? Or, like, was no, that... that's, I think that's my personality. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, um, I, I can even go back to, you know, I like cars and I can even look at it like now, you know, bikes, you know, cause of the triathlon past. Um, I wanted to have something that was unique. I wanted to have 
the best that I could probably possibly afford for yep. what I could afford. And sometimes, yeah, that's got me in some financial trouble because I'll overextend myself oh, yeah, and it bites me in the ass. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, man, I think it's that, uh, you know, hey, man, you want to smoke some weed? Sure. What's that? It's a bong. Oh, cool. Yeah. What, what's that about? Where'd you get it? Oh, I got it at this shop. So, you know, you, you go to the shop. Yeah. That's me. That's literally me just telling you really quickly, like, yeah. the scenario. That's essentially uh, what happened to me, too. I, like, walked into a head shop. I was like, oh, my God, come my different kinds. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, all the different perks. And then I was, like, hooked. Like, and, like, as far as, like, cars kind of relating to that, it's, like, all the different parts and components you can make to create all these different functioning pieces. Yeah. I, I loved those, that idea, because I had a mechanical mind. I was always, like... Oh, I like the idea of putting a bunch of small things together to create one big object yeah. that functions. That's why I love Banjo's work too, because it's like a bunch of little pieces put together to make one big yeah. object. So cool. But like, yeah, mine's essentially the same story. You know, smoked a bong for the first time and I was like, whoa, like I've been smoking blunts. Like what's this? For me, it was, it was like, and I really do this fucking mentally is I break shit down into the microscopic details and I'll go to that level. Yeah. And I really will. And so it's like with glass, you know, I had a collection and you, like I hid stuff, you know, I had it all in book bags. I had two yeah. book bags and it had, I think at the height of it, there was like 37 pipes in there. Holy shit. And at, you know, we're going back 2001, 2002, 2003, you know, that's when I was really buying this stuff. Uh, and you couldn't really find out info on it. Fact. Like yeah. if you asked me, Hey man, who made that? You wouldn't know. I didn't know. Uh, there was no Instagram. There was like, maybe like, there was really nothing. No. I don't even think glasspipes.org was even then either. I don't think there was fuck anything. Fuck no. No, no, nothing. no, no. Because it was still, you know, you yeah. got buzzed in the back door, the side of the building, because oh, that's yeah, where the shop dude. was. And then you walk in, it's all dark fucking purple. The tell, carpet's black. Dude, I always tell people I feel so lucky that like I started blowing glass when I did. Like, obviously I'm a hard worker. But like there has to be some luck involved too with success. Like and the luck isn't just like, oh, you got lucky. It's like, well, you did. You started the right year. Maybe yeah. you started the right month and then like, you posted the right day. I started when we had Instagram. It's the day I started blowing glass, I had an Instagram. So I was like, oh, I'll start posting my shit on here. Yeah. Like it's there is some luck involved, you know, but a lot of it is hard work. And what I found too is that there's a lot of hard work, but the really, really hard work begins is once people are paying attention. Now that like yeah. where I'm at with everything that's going on with my company. There's like a lot of people looking, we're working in the background with really, really big companies and like with stuff that I don't know if other pipe artists have done yet, which is like, I think like stepping stones to getting us more mainstream um, with, you know, basically getting more people like investing in our industry so that it can grow for everyone. So there's, yeah. you know, cause there's food for everyone here. I don't think one person's going to get successful and take it all. I think there's food for every company, every person, yeah. but we need to have that mentality. So the people that are the, you know, people that are running ahead of the pack that are blazing the path and creating it, they need to be aware of the people behind them. So that they're able to build some sort of uh, stepping stone or path for them to follow too. So the industry grows and other people can invest yeah. in it. Um, and that, I think in that, uh, you know, you, the question that you asked me uh, is, oh, fuck, I had it and then I lost it. It's okay. Greg. Fail. <laughs> here you are. Yeah. You're the one like, dude, I'll get so far down that I'll forget. And then yeah. here it happens to me. Uh, but no, that's it. Is, uh, is the feeling of community, I think, really, yeah. is it uh, a lot of guys, you know, they'll isolate themselves. Oh, like, big time. And, and that's not necessarily all their fault. I mean, it's choice. Yeah. We all have choice. Uh, and then you talk about luck. Uh, luck really starts to get involved with action. You got to fucking show up. Yeah. 
Like, and if you are a glass artist that's out there right now and you're one month in, again, I'm not a glass artist. You're getting a, you're getting a mind, uh, you're getting a perception Dude, from a I shop owner. Dude, I still don't feel like a glass artist. I feel like a construction worker that like blows glass. Like, but all the, all the artists that I have watched and that I've built relationships with since I started, you know, the business as a shop owner, the ones that really, really keep, that really have had success, like I'll reference MC Squared. Yeah. I, you know, I bought one of the first recyclers that that young man made. Uh, and uh, it was more or less of me just giving a kid that I don't know a shot, you yeah. know, for my shop. And I was a young shop owner supporting him at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that dude put himself every day in a position of success. Yeah. He put his head down. Just work. He put, he didn't necessarily put blinders on. I listened to his glass chat. That was a great, that was a really good one. Any, anyone that hasn't heard the MC squared glass chat. But that, he, that he's, he, he would say is, I could honestly say out of an, like, hey Greg, who's somebody that you've really seen, like really go from zero to they're they're there yeah. but they got to keep showing up like you said you got to once you get success you have to work you even have harder to keep going yeah, and once he, is everyone's looking you got to yeah. work harder and he is for me uh if i had to pick one guy out and again sorry if i had to pick one i would pick him because i've just seen him really you know there he kills he, that. His nobody, works beautiful. he just you know sometimes it's nice when somebody just shuts their mouth and they do it and then when they put the piece of art or the piece of work right there in front yeah. of us and we can see it and it's dialed in. Oh, hell yeah, dude. No, All his, day. His, his work's super clean and functions super on point. You guys got to give MC squared glass. MC squared glass. Right? I've been following for years. Yeah, too. MC he's squared. Just, yeah, MC squared glass. Too. Yeah. Um, his work's dope. So many, so many sick artists. It's, it's crazy too, dude. There's always a new artist every day too. So that's why it's like the more that like people like me and you invest into doing production work. Cause like on the real, like me and you just put money into this. We just put money, like you put your time and money into Glassdoor, just like I just put my time and money to this because we believe that like with time and money and sharing this with people, like this could build like our industry up. Yeah. These could be parts, these could be cornerstones and ways and reference points of some sort of um, professionalism and a doorway for people that maybe don't even smoke, but they just want a, a window on a, on a different you know culture, people that are working just like you, and but we're working on a thing you didn't even know was a yeah. career. Like the guy that put up my fence, he like kept looking in here while we were working, asking me questions like about the fence. He's like, do you want this here, this there? And then all of a sudden he's like, what are you guys doing in here? Started looking. Then he made a list. He asked me what torch and they made a list. And like literally a week later he had an Instagram. He was posting up stuff he was making. I was like, uh Oh, like I showed a guy like me, <laughs> this is a guy like me. He's going to, yeah. he's going to work hard. And he's got two kids already too. Like, I'm like, I love that. Like, it's like almost like a window on like to the American dream still being alive. It's like, it hasn't it been corporate takeover yeah. yet. Yeah. It is. Like, um, and there's different paths for everyone. You can be the, you can be the artists like and do like follow the paths like the banjos or the Joe Peters and do like the super high end stuff. You can do like stuff like I'm doing where like I want to do like super high end, but I really want people. I want the general public smoking my glass. I want them feeling the function. I want it to be the daily driver. I want it to be in the zeitgeist. I want it to be part of people's rituals daily that they use these RBRs. It doesn't need to be, even if they just have a simple clear one and it's not their cool piece that they bring to the sesh, but when they get home, it's the piece they can't wait to smoke before they go to bed because it's just dialed. Yeah, That's what I want. I want it to be true, like for humans. Yeah, Like, you know, like I don't, I don't know. I'm fucking crazy though, but bro. See, I, and the, the vibe I get from you 
and I'm basically I'll this will somehow be a question, uh, but like uh, I'll reference a few guys like uh, Nathan Belmont. I don't know if you know yeah, him or Jupiter Nelson or oh, Nielsen, yeah. but it, like those two guys and those guys know each other and those guys have you know spent what I would call growth time together. You know where they've worked together mm -hmm. in not like this but similar to this probably you yeah. know where they're they're actually like in the lab working together and that's what i think is, i love about the industry is because like you can you can there, you can pick kind of lanes yeah you exactly. really can you can pick like uh like yeah i can be a fan of you know six foot beakers and exactly. rip it i can be a fan of an rvr and that's I what can, i love about the oh, industry yeah. i want i want an industry where there's something for everyone there's different lanes for everyone and there's food for everyone yeah like, it the one thing I will say, though, is I wish that our industry, you know, if our artists and I told you is about the community, the one thing that I wish on social media that would just fucking chill out is stop, bust, stop busting each other's balls. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the I biggest thing for me, I don't though. go after anyone. I don't say shit to anyone. I just work hard. Like, we all have moments where the ego gets a little frustrated. Maybe you're irritated about something. But I never engage because I'm like, I'm irritated for like 10 minutes. I smoke a joint. I see my daughter. And I'm like, dude, you're irritated because your own shit. Yeah. Your own ego. Like, yeah. just, just keep working. Keep your head down. Focus on your shit. It's normal for people to get, especially if, talking about artists that are like by themselves working all the time and stuff. If like, you know, it's normal for people to get overwhelmed or overthink or maybe see someone post something a certain way and think it's referring to them or whatever. Like it's, it's normal human psyche for shit like that to happen. But what's the other part of that is you have to have the rationale to catch yourself and be like, whoa, why was I doing that? Yeah. Like that's, you know, even if you can't help that you do it, but you have to be ready to catch yourself and stop yourself before you make an ass of yourself. Yeah. Cause we all make asses of ourselves. I mean, I mean the world for me, like uh, the world takes all kinds. Yeah, it really absolutely. does. Uh, and, and I'm going to flip, I'm going to throw something into the fire just politely, but like, import shops yeah okay shops that might only have five headies in the shop or five american pieces in the whole shop and the rest is import or vice versa that's a stepping stone to getting people to buying the american yeah shop, though, or you need it there are the straight up tobacco only you know it's yeah. like the 7-eleven for you know cannabis or tobacco you know where they have the plastic they have the graphics and the yada, yada, oh dude yada. i have i have uh collectors and people watch the podcast that don't even own one of my rbrs they maybe own a china one but they love the podcast they smoke their you know import one or yeah. india one wherever it came from i don't care the region it came from it's an import one whatever but, but the industry um, as a whole but, we, there's there's but no but, the, but, but these people are excited they're like watching the podcast they're smoking their rbr that they could afford yeah. whatever like when China's or whatever country is sending RBRs over here, like that's not affecting my market. No, not the at all. The people buying so. those aren't going to buy the five or six hundred dollar RBR because they need that money to pay the bills and get weed. Like they'd rather spend four or five hundred dollars on a bag yep. of weed. I've been there too. We all have different points in our yep. lives where our priorities, what we can afford, and where we're at. Yep. You know what I mean? So like, I never hate on those people. I have people that like hit me up like, "I love your work, man. I have this one, and I hope to get a real one someday." Yeah. I don't even get mad at them. I'm like, dude, I'm excited that you like, like my work, that you're reaching out to me. I appreciate that you're like doing whatever you can to just experience something similar. Yeah. Whatever you gotta do. Thank you for watching the podcast. Like I'm taking care of my family. Like that shit's not affecting me. Like, but I see other artists sometimes that definitely get frustrated with each other online about stuff. And like, 
Honestly, some of these dudes should just come together. If they're both like really skilled and doing stuff, they should just come together and fucking build a company and crush shut shit out and make even more money and build a bigger brand. Yeah. Like some of these dudes out there that make like really sick carb caps, they could take on bigger orders. They don't even have to work in the same studio. They could, you know, coordinate and be like, all right, dude, I'm gonna take the East Coast. Like we'll, we'll, we'll hire someone that'll book all our orders for us. We'll both crush out the caps. You make them in Colorado, I'll make them in New England and we'll fucking just fill shop orders. Take notes, like, people, take like, notes. <laughs> It's a like, business plan right here. Well, seriously though, like if you have skill and you have a way to work together with someone and then organ have pay someone to help you organize yeah. it and figure it out, take, maybe don't make as much money for yeah. a year and work harder than you ever had and make less. Yeah. But then once it's established, uh Oh, the fucking trains rolling, the machines going, you're making money. A lot of these dudes are skilled enough. That's one thing with me. I'm like, hopefully someday, like people get that mentality and everyone's not trying to fight, fight over one pile. And uh, we can build a really good industry for our collectors. Yep. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build something too for the people that are trying to invest and support in it. Let's make the best glass. Let's make the most fun. Let's let's have everyone's Instagram page be like a fucking TV channel where people can get a different vibe that they enjoy. Maybe this yeah. person's deep. This one's silly. What do you? Why do you think Matthias and other influencers that do cannabis stuff have such big followings? Because people want to ex- escape and they want to go escape somewhere where cannabis is just normal. And fun. And fun. Yeah. And that's like what I'm trying to do with my podcast too. It's definitely different than a lot of other people's shit. Because my solo ones, like we've done over 40 episodes now and like a lot of solo ones, over 30 have been solos. And I just fucking talk about life, dude. I just smoke and talk and reflect. And then we talk about function. We show glass too, but it's like, it's weird. But it's almost like a, uh, a digital like journal, like me recording my life so that, hey, if God forbid something ever happens to me. My daughter's going to have fucking tons of stuff of me talking about deep shit, talking she to her grandfather. She knew you got really baked on that one episode. Yeah, that one episode. <laughs> like, it's funny. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to hide any of that from No, her. no, it's funny. Like, I'm just giving you but shit. But yeah, like, that's... Yeah, I do want to ask at. you one question, though. Um, yeah, on the real, you know, we talk about a lot. We've talked about, actually, uh, just covered about almost every basis in this industry as far as the glass side of things. But with all of that being said, What's your opinion of the shops as a whole? Like, how do you feel about shops? How do you feel about selling direct to customers? Like really, because that, when I interviewed you, yeah, like that, I was a shop owner, you yeah. know, and actively in it. So what is your like perception of shops? How do you feel about I shops? I think that we have to have the shops. I think wholesale is important and building those relationships with stores is very important if everybody holds up their end. Now, if you're really hot for a bit and your glass is selling out instantly, of course the shops want your work. Three or four years down the road, you've made shops hundreds of thousands of dollars, but if work slows down, are they still gonna order from you to help support your family and let them sit on the shelves maybe for four or five months till they sell out, or are they just done with you? So did you just make someone a bunch of money or are these relationships gonna last the test of time? Where they're like, hey, this dude made me 200 grand over the last couple of years, like he needs an order right now, I'm gonna take care of his family. Yeah. So. I think that there's a lot of like handshakes, but there's no contracts. I also think from an artist and glassblower's point of view, the thing I'm talking about, organization, working together, we're not doing that. So it's difficult for any artist that gets hot to meet any sort of demand and have a consistency that makes sense for a shop to continue investing in. Because for them to make money and budget things out, they need orders quarterly a certain way. They have to be able to rely on that. There's a lot of different things and logistics involved and a lot of glass blowers are just normal people doing it all by themselves mm-hmm. and life happens. The order comes two months late, shit happens here and there. So as artists, we have to find a way to build our companies and industry more professionally and with like safety nets that make it so there is some consistency for the stores as well. Yeah. 
So what I think where we're at is I think we need everyone, but I think the industry is still so young and still so new and people need to keep working hard to have an idea of building something bigger than themselves that's a legacy and not just pay enough money so that they can continue to play Xbox at night and just chill yeah. or whatever. Like They have to think of it like, oh, I'm a machine. I create capital. And then that capital is used to help other people become part of the machine and then they create capital and then we all work together so that there's some sort of economy in our yeah. local area and that economy helps more families and then this is how we build up our fucking country yeah so it's more of like you have to think more about again the people around you and not just your individual success it's um i don't yeah. know it's complicated uh so i agree with all that and my two cents is for uh any glass artists that is out there um coming from a shop owner is when you sell something wholesale, so let's just fact, I'm just going to throw a number. So let's say that's wholesale 300 and let's say, you know, in the standard glass industry markup is double. I'm just being honest. So people yep. know it's that's double. how all my stuff was. Yep. That's just it. 100% markup. Uh, so people can feel that way how they want. That's okay. Um, and so from an artist perspective is when, when a guy like me, you know, where it was my money, like it was not an investor money. Like it was my money. Like and physical money. No, yeah. and so that is a part of me. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, I'm investing in you, dude. Yeah. And I hope that in some way you feel as connected as I do. Yeah. Because uh, some, it's not a money deal, or it wasn't really a money deal for me sometimes. Uh, but, and it's happened to me a few times, and it hurt. Like it really, it hurt almost emotionally yeah. because. I would make an order from an artist and he was selling a pipe at, you know, uh, 220. And so I was going to put the pipe at 450. Yeah. Fact. Like, that's what happened. Yeah. Bottom, they were 220. I put all three of them at 450. Uh, and then fucking the pipe showed up not even a fucking week later on his Instagram is the same pipes, just different colors, dibs at 250 shipped. Yeah. And there were two of them. Yeah. And I saw that. And I didn't say anything to him. Yeah. But I looked at that and I was like, so hold on, man. If you, you do that. I just paid 220 for three of them because I had to make your minimum, which was 500. So I got the minimum and I spent that money. But now I'm, now if I didn't sell them for 450, fine. But so if I was going to even sell them for 300, mm -hmm. you literally just cut the legs right off of underneath me on a well, business here's standpoint. The, here's what goes back to what I just said. It's yeah. like there has to be some sort of consistency, yeah. like contracts, like whereas one thing I'm running into is I, I give the shops 100% markup and then what they're doing is they're marking them up 120, 150%. And the customers are like, I paid this much for it from the shop. I'm like, you paid $200 more than retail. And they're like, well, they, there's such demand. And the shop's like, well, there's such demand. You know, we char we're charging more for them. And I'm like, I get that. And they're like, you need to raise your prices, man. I'm like, no, the prices are fine. Like for what I'm making right yeah. now, back when I was doing, it, I was like, what I'm making right now, this is where I feel is fair for people. Like, I don't want to like price myself out again. Like I want to build slowly. Like if the glass keeps getting nicer, yeah. Well, if there's more time put in, we up it up, you know, 25 bucks a piece yeah. wholesale or something, whatever. We'll compensate for that time if we can. But I don't just want to arbitrarily charge more because the market said so. Like yeah. that's yeah, if you well, want. They, so that's you. That's the artist communicating, and almost <coughs> educating the shop. Yeah. And that's also the artist. But that's like you an know, agreement. You should. There's yeah. gotta be like that's how we are. But there is like an agreement and yeah. professionalism where like. But then yeah. there's also there's power within being the beholder, I guess, yeah. of the pipe or the art. Is. Okay, dude. You don't fucking follow my agreement, then. 
I don't I want you to be on my team, but I don't necessarily need you because you're not a team player, yeah. quote unquote. So you know what? You won't get an extra up. Yeah. It actually uh, that's happened to shops with me. Yeah, no, it, it's real. No. Yeah, and the vice versa. It's happened again, yeah. like that scenario. I've had shops like, tell customers like, "Oh, it's this much," and the customer DMs them too many times, and they're like, "I'm charging two hundred dollars more if you want this piece now, just for annoying me." And the customers will pay it because they want them so bad. Wow. Yeah, where it's like, and then I see this, and I'm like, I'm staying up all night, literally killing myself. My family's not seeing me because I'm working my ass off constantly. And then people are out there just getting rich and taking advantage of customers that I've made love this brand. I was like, if they're not representing my brand right, my brand's gonna fall off and it's gonna be because everyone made their money and then I'm gonna be sitting in a ditch with all the bullshit yeah. and I'm not gonna do it. So I'm trying to still figure out a way right now how we can, we first, we're still not, we can't even produce these clears as fast as we used to because we've changed a bunch of stuff. They're so much nicer. Um, so we're trying to get the formula down so we can actually produce these a little more consistently. Um, so we can get back to some sort of wholesale, but I'm not we going to lie. I kind of need one, <laughs> but I need to find a, we have to find a way to have some sort of agreement with stores or a contract where we can protect the customers if we're going to do that. Cause it's like, I'm the stores are a lot of the stores I worked with this year, pre-sold a lot of the glass too. I had one store pre-sell 60 pieces, pre-sell 60 pieces, nuts. Yeah, it but, is. but yeah. And it's like, that's, I feel like taking advantage of you know, people and stuff and whatever. And then the shops, it's just, it's a complicated subject, but, but yeah. Well, the hey, you, kudos to you, man. Yeah. No, I mean, no bullshit. Like from me to you, like regardless of how you feel and how anybody, anybody, like kudos to you, dude, you fucking, you're there. I'm trying, man. You, you're, but you, you talk about like you feeling there and you just got to keep fighting. Yeah. You're in that fighting phase. Oh, I feel like I'm in the trenches right now. Yeah. With my, my long sword just fucking yeah. swing and going but through. Kudos but kudos to you, know. you for lasting that long yeah. in the battle. Cause yeah. it, in the five inches up here, yeah. it, it's, <laughs> oh, it's stupidity and, and uh, too much willpower and, and uh, uh, a little bit too, of this. too much pride. <laughs> the pride is really what gets me. I grew up with a father. It was so about like, you know, heritage and like pride and, you know, your family name and your family yeah. seal and your clan and whatever this crazy shit. So we're, we're, uh, I'm going to finish this Viking Scottish heritage, but yeah, dude, fucking, this was fun, man. This yeah, was, dude, this thank was you. a fun, fun interview, dude. Thank you. Where, uh, where can people find glass chat and all those things? So glass chat, um, uh, we, uh, we put it on SoundCloud. That's how you get that RS feed. I don't know if you know yep. that. All that no, I do. I just, for anyone that's never heard of you, that's why I always say, like, yeah. you have you tell. SoundCloud, uh, it's on Apple, you know, iTunes. It's on Google Play, I think. It's on Shopify. Uh, people, you know, supporters of Glass Chat have been kind of, or at least the YouTube followers have been pushing me. Man, we fucking had a, we've had a rough go with YouTube as far as uploading. And yeah. finally. Uh, it's hard, dude. Finally, I just looked at my my homie Matt, you know, uh, he's Lars on Instagram, but, uh, you know, he's easily spent probably damn near 15 hours just trying to fucking get one video to cooperate on an upload yeah. and it wouldn't. And so finally I just told him, I think it was around like 75 or something. I was like, dude, no, yeah, we, we tried. We, we, this isn't necessarily about money. This yeah, is about we just need like to get the content fun. out consistently. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. Don't even worry about yeah. it. Uh, but we've, we've kind of figured it out that it was probably a computer issue that yeah. we were having. Yeah. Cause I, and it, internet sometimes or well, no, no, no. In fact, it was a data. Like yeah. we think that we had way too much data on this computer oh, Okay. Yeah. and it was trying to upload and compressing files and it would get so far and then it would just go. Yeah. 
Well, then you just trial and error. So you're but, trying to eventually get back to putting stuff up on YouTube and stuff? So we, uh, before I left, we figured this out. Nice. Yeah, so it hasn't been too long. But yeah, we're going to go back to uh, really getting stuff back on YouTube for those guys Fuck and it, gals. Um, yeah, that's it, man. Glass Chat was, it's all about, for me, it, it, uh, you know, I don't want to be selfish, but I will be selfish. It's for me. Yeah, you want to know. You're like, oh, I'm interested. Yeah, dude. Almost like just anything. I really want to know. Like, And I want to know... Uh, yeah. The story and why how that, how that happened, how was that created? Yeah. How it happened. Yeah. Everything. Why that? And then why you? And then, and it goes back to me, like the intimacy level as a shop owner that I was is, uh, yeah, man, who are you? Yeah. Because uh, being a shop owner the way I was is uh, storytelling can sell shit. Yeah. And so the more I know, the more educated I am, uh, I don't want to say powerful. But I guess the better salesman I can be. I can be a little more powerful. I can be a little more influential. Mm -hmm. um, How I look at it is the more educated you are as a salesman, the more comfortable and educated you can make your customer. And yeah. the more educated and comfortable your customer is, the more consistently they'll enter the store and maybe eventually actually commit to the purchase. If not, after they leave your store, if you educate them, taught them a bunch about a pipe, later that night when they're at a sesh with their friends, they're gonna be like, I know something that you don't know. That's the and win right gonna, there. And they're going to feel tail. they're going to feel smart for a minute. Yeah. They're going to tell their friends all these things about a pipe they know. And then the one friend that's like, "Fuck, I just got paid. I'll fuck go get it right now, dude." And then they go get it. This is what I saw every day when I used to sell pipes in a head shop. And it's just because I'm that guy. You, I'm so easy to sell shit to. If the salesman's excited, yeah, I get excited. Yeah, and then oh. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm fucking. Let's get it." And then like, so the salesman and me, yeah. he's like. I'm doing a moonwalk in my head like I'm reeling this guy in. I got him. I got him. <laughs> but, um, dude, and where can they find 710 Tools? You guys got an Instagram? Uh, so 710 Tools has an Instagram, uh, 710tools.com. You can buy direct from me. Uh, shipping's included and everything if you're in the U.S., if you buy from us. Uh, but, I, you know, coming from where I'm at, and I guess in some ways trying to stay true to the industry, is I really feel like shops are vital. Absolutely I, for a product like this. No, no, I'm just saying in, in general yeah, for the vital, whole, as a yeah, whole. Yeah. Because you can break down that and put that in its own little lane. Oh yeah, for sure. But as a whole, oh, they for education are. for people to get things, you know, on the daily. Well, how many people like to go? It's realistically, if you want everyone going after your product too, like a lot of people like to go into the store and talk to a human, buy something. Not a lot of people are comfortable buying something over the internet because a lot of people get scammed. So we absolutely need the shops. But on both ends, the shops and the smaller, like, you know, companies that maybe don't have the ability to be super consistent, we all need to find some sort of balance. Yep. Or, like, glass artists need to come together and build up companies as a team and realize that, like, you have to, like, make a little sacrifice, maybe make a little less so that the long run, you all can make a little bit more. Well, I mean, if you really want to talk heady business shit, how many of us really buy, and I don't drink Coke, but I'll use Coke as the example, but how many of us buy Coke directly from Coke? Dude. Coke, yeah. Coke is in the wholesale industry. They yeah. take a product, they sell it to a distributor, and the distributor takes it to Walgreens or McDonald's or yeah. wherever. But I like so, to look at Vans shoes where you can buy them off their website or PacSun or the Vans store. You can get them anywhere. Yeah. And it's just like, but they're still like a viable company. I think that if things are advertised right, promoted enough, and there's consistency, there's plenty of customers. But that's where, like I said, like talking, regardless if it's a brand or a glass artist or a glass company, but if there's a polite understanding, like this is the wholesale price, gentlemen, yeah. and this is about the retail price. We understand that sales are going to happen. We understand closeouts. We understand the seasonal deals. Yeah. We get it. But 
for the whole, you know, there if there's this very nice balance from a business standpoint, yeah. I think that in the long run, and I know some of the people in the industry don't like capitalism, but the fact is, is you are essentially probably selling the art for cash. So yeah, you're in the system. Well, I, I, <laughs> I think people are wild. They're like, like, what are we, we're all, even if you're an artist working, no matter what you're doing, we're all trying to create income so that we can take care of our family and survive. Like, yep. you know, that's, you know, well, whatever. Let's, that's just uh, one thing you run into as an artist. Sometimes people, if they see you doing good, they're like, oh, don't, that guy's done good enough. Don't support him. But, you know, it's a weird thing. Or they're sell out, you sell too much glass or whatever. But I don't know. Those are just personalities running into any industry. But, guys, don't forget to check out bmsglass.com where you guys can get signed up for my newsletter, check out our upcoming drops, all that stuff. I really want to thank Greg for coming in today. He traveled all the way out here, and we were lucky enough to catch him while he was doing his run for 710 Tools. And I uh, appreciate all you guys that support the What's Up Everybody podcast. Hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day, and we will see you next time. Sweet, dude. Yeah, hopefully yeah. you enjoyed that, man. Oh, dude. Dude, we're going to love it.